Hey, hey, welcome back. Another great episode today. I am interviewing an old friend, Mr. Corey Frock, and Corey is a accomplished real estate entrepreneur who I had the pleasure of working with. God, I don't know. When was it, Corey? Four, five, six years ago? Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's pre-pandemic time. It, it just seems like so long ago, right? It does. A whole other world ago. Anyhow, <laughs> my friend, welcome to the show. Great to see you again. It's been a while. Yeah, you too. And thanks for having me. This is fantastic. So for people who don't yet have the pleasure of knowing Mr. Corey Frock, why don't you tell us a little bit, just give us a snapshot of First, we'll get into the background in a second here, but what kind of real estate investing are you focusing on? What's your primary market? What does a portfolio look like today? That sort of thing. So what? Yeah. where are you and what are you investing in? Absolutely. So I, I'm, I'm now currently focused really in the Niagara region. I've been focused in the Niagara region for about five, six years. Uh, and, and my kind of bread and butter, if you will, has been on duplex and triplex conversions. So we've been buying some bungalows and converting them into up and down duplexes. And then nice. recently or relatively recently over the last two years, three years, um, I've been now adding garden suites as well. So converting bungalows into duplexes and now primarily triplexes, the, the fundamentals of the market and the interest rates make it uh, that a triplex is almost needed in order to uh, hit the to ROI that you're looking flow. for. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, you've seen a huge change in property prices over the last five or six years. Oh my Just gosh, yeah. yeah. And and the amount, like like kind of ramping up through the pandemic of of the uh, how crazy it was. Where you know when I when I first started in the Niagara region, I, I'd go online and look, and I'd find about ten properties that kind of fit the portfolio of what I was looking for. I would go and look at ten of them. And, and decide which two or three were the best and then make offers and kind of negotiate that to the point of, you know, 2021, you know, there, there'd be a property go on the market on a Friday, Snap. Saturday, there'd be a pile of business cards on the kitchen table. And then <laughs> Monday morning, there'd be like 38 offers, multiple offers. Yeah. yeah that's so. Hard, hard to get a deal in that kind of environment. That's for sure. Yeah, it really was. And that's actually one of the one of the things that I, I changed a little bit of my focus going into the garden garden suites is one thing that not everybody's used to. And there's yeah. a lot of different criteria. I've also moved a little bit onto some bigger development projects. And that also stemmed from the competitiveness in the market and, and trying to, you know, not do what everyone else is doing, mm. kind of look for what everyone's not focused on. And that that brought me to some commercial properties that, you know, during the peak of the, the heated real estate market were actually sitting for quite a while because, you know, as, as people were working from home, you know, one of the buildings I bought was a uh, uh, architect's office. And, yeah. you know, he basically switched, he had 17 people working in his, in his office on a regular basis. And then through the pandemic, Everyone was working from home. Yeah, went to zero, 17 to zero at the 17 office. to zero. Yeah. So and and then what he did, he was he was, you know, established for quite a long time. He built a, an office in his basement of his home. And he said, you know, once a week everyone can come in and use the boardroom down here. And I don't need this building anymore. So, you know, I was able to buy a commercial building downtown St. Catharines that really sat on the market for probably 120 days with no mark, no offers, no looks at, you know, that kind wow. of thing. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So what are you doing with these? That's interesting that you brought this up, Corey, because immediately when you said St. Catherine's, my mind went back to 
probably the last time I was in St. Catharines, which was a long time ago. So I'm talking about <laughs> 2008, 2009 ish. Yep. Give or take. And I can remember going through downtown St. Catharines and going, oh my God, this is a ghost town. Like it seemed like every second commercial property was shuttered up. It just seemed like the whole area was completely depressed. Now I'm positive things have turned around significantly since then, but what are you doing with these? And is it like, was this a historic building? It seemed like all the buildings were historical type buildings. So what are you going to it do? It actually wasn't designated in? historic. It was it was over 100 years, um, 100 years old, but it wasn't designated historic building. And you're Thank right. St. Catherine's <laughs> really, yeah, no kidding. I, it, You know what? I wouldn't have touched it if it no. was. It, yeah. it just wouldn't have been worth it for the, for the effort it would have taken. St. Catherine's really did go through uh, some tough times. I mean, they had the GM plant, um, which was like the primary employer of the whole town. And when that shut down, that really hurt them for a long time. Right. They've they've really diversified their economy now, and uh, done a lot more things. And then you know now with the Go Train expansion, both what's happened already and the the plans going forward, all the way to Niagara Falls, it's really opened up that area of Ontario for uh, the rental market. You know you can especially you know post pandemic now people are working only two or three days a week out of the office, taking an hour Go Train to downtown Toronto isn't that bad. Not Where bad if you were. All. Yeah, yeah, if you're if you're doing it, you know, five days a week, it's a little much. But to do it the off, you know, three days a week or whatever it is, it's not bad. So, I also stay for the most part. I've I've, I've based my um, business on the north side of St. Catharines in the really the suburb area, really nice areas, places nice. that you know I would have loved to have lived in. in well, I, in well, I'm so age. curious about this this commercial property that you bought. So what? What's the plan with that? Are you going to keep it commercial? Are you going to turn it into residential? What's little, the- little bit of both. And and you know, I've I've been trying to figure out like this has been the biggest pivot of of my career so far. This this building. So when we first bought it was about eighteen months ago, and it had contaminated soil in it, which we knew about. So yeah. we knew we had to remediate the soil, which took quite a long time, and we did that. The original plan was to turn it into a fourplex. But then CMHC came out with a new plan called the MLI Select Program. So tell which, them, for, for folks that aren't familiar with that, what does that mean? What is yeah, that? so it's it's an initiative uh, that they've created um, to increase the number of housing units. Mm-hmm. So basically, you can get favorable terms on your finance if you add five or more residential properties. Uh, nice. And you can also take existing buildings and then based on certain criterias on affordability, accessibility, and green energy or energy efficiency, you can get like certain level of points and that will improve your terms on the refinance. So it worked out a lot better for us to do uh, what is now a sixplex than the original fourplex. We actually, it does cost us, it's going to cost us, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars more in renovations. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we're going to get a much better product and res- end product with a six unit building and more money out with better terms on the on the back end. So so yeah. six, six residential units and still some commercial space there as well. So the bottom actually it's, gonna it, it's going to be five residential and we're going to keep one commercial unit in the building. Yeah. Got it. OK, very, very cool. That's yeah. interesting, Corey. I don't know if you know um, another group, another some clients of mine from a few years ago as well, but. Do you know Anthony Spraggett? I know and, the name. I don't know him personally, but I do okay. I definitely know. 
I'll connect you guys because he's doing stuff like that too. And he's been doing it for years. So, I mean, great, great resource for. Yeah, no kidding. Taking, taking those older commercial type buildings, repurposing them. They, they've got a nice little machine going there. So um, th- that'd be a good connection for you, for you to. That have. would be awesome. I'd appreciate yeah. that for sure. So Corey, one of the things I, I, I mean, I've, I've got you as one of my poster boys for the effectiveness of raising capital. And I, I think it was the ninja that you really crushed it with, but let's, yeah. let's talk a little bit about how you've been financing these deals and, and working with investors and how that's changed for you over the years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, first off, I, I took your course, like we, we talked about, it was, it was a lifetime ago, it seems like a five years ago or four years ago. And it, it really did add a lot of value. Like, like I still reference all our materials that we went through together. Um, one of the, one of the key things for me. So at the time I took your course, I was just trying to think of this. I, I, I think I had five properties under my belt and I'm now Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I'm pretty close to 20 properties. I think over wow. 30 doors now. Yeah. And, and they're all up until last year. Um, they were all with joint ventures. And the only reason why I did them last year, I actually had joint ventures interested in a couple of properties. And I said, I want to buy a couple for myself. Mm. And so my, my wife and I bought a couple of properties that we've kept and we own ourselves. Nice. And then since then, I've also, I've gone back and done some joint ventures again. So yeah, it, it, it was, um, you know, it, it's been an incredible fun journey. Yeah. Um, I, you're right. I started off with that ninja technique and it, it was actually done relatively, like I, I want to call it innocently. I, I worked with somebody that was a very good friend of mine. And I was building this port or this pitch deck, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I had her take a look at it to get her opinion on the on the situation and, and look through it. And you know, she looked through the deck and she thought it looked great. And you know, she made a couple of suggestions. She asked me if the numbers were accurate or if I just made those up to put into a deck. <laughs> and uh, I think we're now on our fourth property together. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. That was, ties uh, into the whole lifetime worth of an investor, doesn't it? That's oh, it's it's so true. And and getting, you know, one of the things I'm I'm actually very, very proud of. And up until my latest joint venture, which I actually don't take possession of the property for another month. All of my joint venture partners have done more than one deal with me. Yeah, they, that's they've awesome. all done. They, you know, started at one. That was the plan. We we bird it. You know, we added a basement unit or a garage unit, refinanced it, gave them their money back or most of their money back or whatever percentage, and then they were like, "Why? Well, let's do this again." Yeah. So so it's it's been really you know I don't have a ton of joint venture partners. Well, you and, don't need a ton, right? No, that's, that's a beautiful thing. You're. You got proof of concept. You've, you've, I mean, you get a joint venture partner in, you refi after you've done the burr, the renos, all that kind of stuff. You get them a huge chunk, if not all of their money out. What the heck else are they going to do with it? They're no, gonna reinvest, absolutely. <laughs> reinvest it with Corey. And then what the heck, you know, and then if you're proactive and you're, you're asking them about, because I think that that story was that, that one lady also referred to you to a friend absolutely. of hers. Absolutely. Yeah, so you start to get these referrals. It snowballs. You don't uh, 
It, it does it, snowball. And I'm pretty upfront about it right now. I, I joke with new, new potential investors that like my intention is never to really give you your money back. Like I'll give it back to you <laughs> with my intention of getting you to buy another one. I like it. So you're upfront about that. So that's, oh, yeah. that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, gonna, it's all based on reader. Because it's, it's like, you're going to be so happy with how this works. You're yeah. not going to want your, want your, yeah, that, that's exactly the way I play it. I'm like, you're going to, you're going to love this so much. You're never going to want your money back. You're going to want me to keep <laughs> investing for you. <laughs> I love it, man. No, that is that is wonderful. Okay, so tell me a little bit. I'm really curious about these garden suites because you're right. Yeah. That is something a lot of us have heard about. Not very many people have really gotten involved in it. It's kind of a, it's not a new thing, but it's a newer thing. And what, you know, so for people who aren't familiar with what a garden suite is, how would you define that? And what are maybe some other terms that you've heard for the same idea? Yeah, you, you can call it a, a garden suite or a laneway suite. And, and basically, the premise is really if you, you add another ADU, additional dwelling unit, onto the property. And Ontario introduced a bill, I think it's about two years ago now, called the Bill 23. And that pushed municipalities into adding these garden suites. They need to increase the densification of these um, towns rather than like continue with the urban sprawl. It's much... Yeah more economically favorable for a municipality to increase the densification with their existing properties. So right. they're Especially really some pushing of those them. older properties. And I'm sure St. Catharines, right? They got those big old lots. You got tons of oh. backyard space that nobody's using anymore. That that's exactly right. And 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 so this, you know, you can you can either buy a like a prefabricated like model and and put it on the on the yard given the you know there has to be each municipality has their own regulation setbacks parking all of that kind of stuff or you know what i've been focused on really is converting garages and okay. i'll i'll convert a double car garage into a single bedroom apartment and i've also done attached garages which are significantly less expensive to convert, but of course, with a generally with an attached garage, at least the ones I've done, they're single or single car garages. So I've literally done studio suites in 250 square feet of space. Yeah. <laughs> so let let me get the mental picture here. You're keeping the single car garage on the bottom floor, and you're putting this on the top. Are you are you keeping parking spaces there, or is this eliminating the garage? No, it's it's eliminating the garage. So if you look at, you know, the ones I've done are basically like back split homes. So I'll do an up and down duplex, all, you know, three bedrooms up, two bedrooms down in the duplex, and then the attached garage to, you know, either the left or the right of the property. And then what I'll do is I'll take out that garage, the front garage door, rebuild a wall with a couple of nice windows in it. Mm-hmm. And then they can enter that through the side of the garage. And then that's your studio suite. And, and it, you know, I, I know 250 feet doesn't seem like a lot or 270 feet doesn't seem like a lot, but for, you know, a student or a single yeah. person that's, you know, traveling on the road or anything like that, it's a great space. It's a, it's a, it's a nice space. Yeah. And uh, I do sometimes need to extend the driveway a little bit. So you go four or six feet in so that there's enough parking and you just have to, again, every municipality is different. Some allow tandem parking, some have to be side by side, that kind of stuff. So you just have to be aware, work with the right team, right? Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. So yeah, that was, that was the question was about parking. And then what about actual garden suites? Are you are you building anything in the backyard on the lane? Well, um, you know what? I haven't yet, but I've been okay. doing a ton of research into it. And I really think this is uh, 
going to evolve in the marketplace. So, you know, you, you mentioned it earlier in our conversations in St. Catharines, you have these giant backyards and yeah. I own quite a few houses with these great big backyards. Now in 2017, 2016, I was buying these and converting them into duplexes. And now I'm sitting looking at, well, I have this yard and if I can hit the setbacks and St. Catharines allows ADUs in those, how feasible is it for me to put in these prefabbed homes? So that's what I was saying. Prefab would be ideal if possible for sure. Yeah. You just go in and, and basically drop them in with a crane and, and, you know, hook up your utilities and, and you're good to go. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm working out. I've, I've, I've met with like two or three um, builders. I've met with a container, somebody that converts containers right. and somebody that does these prefab builds and all that been to a couple of their manufacturing facilities just digging into it, the cost is still, you know, it's going to be 150 to $200,000 for an ADU. So, you know, you have to make sure, you know, what you're getting in return makes sense. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking at a place like that. You're probably in in Niagara area, you're, you're getting $2,000 for it in rental. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's very close. And, and, you know, if you have equity in the property, it it starts to make a lot of sense. Yeah, no, that the other thing you just for fun, you might take a look at are these tiny houses. And Absolutely. That sort of thing. Cause theoretically they should be a lot more affordable than that. I guess the question would be is how much bang for your buck can you get from rentals? Although, you know, that area very, especially summertime, very, very popular with tourism. So Airbnb oh, yeah. style stuff. And I, yeah, I have, I have some Airbnbs in the area that do extremely well. Cause you're right in the middle of everything right You're yeah niagara exactly. falls and the wine country all that kind of stuff so very, yeah they do, they do extremely cool. well no i love what you're doing man that's that is excellent to catch up so what have been some of the the challenges or hiccups for you along the way there Corey, over the last since expanding from five properties to 25 properties or whatever it is now yeah you, you know i think some of the some of the biggest challenges i've had is is like building my team out and and internally in order to scale properly. Mm. You know, if, if I'm doing everything by myself, I can manage about one to two conversions at a time. And right. that's, that really takes up my time. So it's really been um, putting systems in place and getting the team built up, you know, my power team, um, hiring people um, to assist me to help that growth. Um, you know, and, and I've, I've done, you know, I've, I've, coached under yourself and I've coached under some other people and looking at uh, ways of, of systematizing. I know that's not a word, but I love saying it anyway. Yeah, um, the, the business so that I can scale. Cause that would really be, you know, that's, what's really going to be able to help me grow going forward is, is, you know, can I do six, eight projects at a time, wow. you know, that yeah. type of thing for sure. So when you're with, so, I mean, I would imagine one of the big limiting factors there is uh, contractors, right. That, uh, with manpower being the way it is these days, finding good contractors that are available yes. like that must be a challenge. And then once you start scaling up like that, then yeah, you might have to kick the capital raising up or notch or two. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Doing a lot more volume there. And, you know, and it, it's funny you say that the capital raising, that's definitely something that, that I enjoy and I, I like because it is, as you have talked about many times you're you're building relationships with people you know it's not i i you know i call it the art of sales without selling 
I don't try and go in and sell anybody. I talk to them about what I'm doing, show them the numbers, kind of walk through the system. And then they generally come to me, you know, that's, that's primarily how it's been. And I think part of that problem with scaling is taking other things off your plates that you could focus on the things that you're good at. Mm. And that, you know, for me, you know, getting a VA or somebody in to manage some of the day-to-day tasks that, you know, you don't realize you get up in the morning, you start working and all of a sudden it's 11, 12 o'clock. You haven't done anything other than your email or, you know, setting up utilities and stuff like that, that really is not, you know, you're, you're, you're paying yourself pretty well to call the city to get utilities set up on auto payments. <laughs> yeah. Somebody else could make those calls. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, no, th- this is, this is fascinating. I'm thrilled with, with your progress and your growth over the last number of years. That's one of the fun things of doing these podcasts is catching up with old friends. That's for sure. So absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think you're definitely at the point now where, it's a matter of dialing in the teams and, and really growing. So what is, is real estate your full-time thing now? Or are you still working or what's yeah, going on? You know what, Dave, I actually left my full-time career last November. So I've been full-time in real estate now for six months. It's uh, still a bit of a, a shocker for me. And yeah. as you know, like I, I had a really good corporate job. I, I was in corporate sales and I, I really did enjoy what I was doing. Like I, I loved working with the customer, um, the customers and, and the internal aspects of it. I really did enjoy it. But at the end of the day, you're, you're really working to build somebody else's dream. Hmm. And, and, you know, I was, I was going forward. There was a shift in the, in the focus of the company. And I ultimately sat down with them. There was zero ill will. I said, Hey guys, like, I love what you're doing. I, I really want to support you guys, but I don't think I'm the right guy for you at this point. And mm-hmm. I ended up uh, walking away so that I could focus on the real estate full time. So, and yeah, does, I, that, but that's a huge leap, man. Uh, how's how's the first six months of that transition been for you? <laughs> it, it, it honestly, it's been a bit of a shock. And I mean, because yeah. I was in the corporate world over three yeah, years. There's no more structure, right? You're in, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> this this is it. Yeah. Um. No, I I've really enjoyed it. The one thing I was totally shocked at is I thought, you know, the day after I leave, I'm going to have an extra 40, 50 hours a week. And I'm going to like, by week two, I'm going to be caught up and doing things I've never dreamed of. And you make yourself so busy, right? Like, so I, I had planned for a long time of when I was going to be leaving, you know, for six months, I had all these plans in place. And the moment I left, I initiated all these plans and like bogged myself down almost immediately. So you still have to like time block and time manage and all that kind of stuff. But uh, it's going great. I love it. I I don't see myself going back anywhere like that again. So that is so awesome, man. So Corey, time flies when we're having fun. If people want to reach out and connect with Mr. Corey Frock, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, you absolutely. You could go to either Facebook or Instagram and it's Corey Frock Investments. I'm not a very good marketer. Like I didn't come up with a fancy name. So that one works really, really well. That works well, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's probably the best way. If you want to just send me a DM or anything like that um, or uh, on Instagram or Facebook, that would be fantastic. Excellent, my friend. Well, keep, keep on rocking it and we'll make sure it's not another five or six years before we, <laughs> we chat again. Yeah, that sounds great. And hey, Dave, I want to like, Thank you. You know, I, I think you, it, people underestimate what you give back to the community and back to people. And I know you take pride in, in students and people that you've worked with having success and uh, you, it means a lot. And I, I love, 
I know I've I've worked with several investors now and they'll go like, hey, I've heard about this Dave Debole guy. What do you think at all? <laughs> Let me tell you, because like I think you add a lot of value. So I really appreciate what you're doing out there. And uh, yeah, thanks very much. I appreciate that, my friend. All right, everybody, take care and we'll talk to you on the next episode.